0: I feel like we were on the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked on Packers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can find the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play. You can ask Alexa, to play Locked On Packers. You can ask Google Home to play Locked On Packers, and you will find us there if you ever want to get in touch with the show. And I've been getting a lot of texts and a lot of voicemails this week. Hello, Peter. What's happening? You can always hit up the Locked On Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775. There is no expert for Expert Tuesday, and the reason there isn't is because I'm actually going to bring you three different Bills experts throughout the course of the week. And so in order not to overwhelm you with interviews, I thought, let's just let's reconvene. There was a lot of emotion in the show yesterday. There was a lot of frustration. I think there was a lot of passion. And unfortunately, I think I I veered a little bit too far afield from the points that I wanted to make at times. And so I think Tuesdays are great because I'm able to rewatch the games. I'm I'm able to identify some things that went wrong. And really, as I've said before on the show, every game now, no matter what the score, and this was a, a game that the Packers lost by two touchdowns, every game comes down to, four or five plays, and the team that makes most of them or that makes the biggest of them is the team that wins. And so if you go back and look at this game, on the opening possession for Washington, they get the big third down conversion to Vernon Davis, and you're going, haha, Clinton Dix, where the hell are you? Well, on second watch, and I watched the play a number of times, it's just great design. Washington had a feeling Green Bay was going to play man coverage. And so they created a route concept that had Vernon Davis coming across the field and Clinton Dix had to fight through the trash to get to him. And he's just not fast enough to stay with Vernon Davis that far across the field and trying to maneuver a a wave of bodies. Most safeties in the league would struggle in that situation on third and short. They create a big play. Then there's the long pass. Now Ben Fennell of the athletic, he and I had a little bit of a discussion about this on Twitter. But you had Jair Alexander on the outside, you had Kentrell Bryce in the middle of the field, and in cover four, it is the corner's job to carry the post. I understand that. So really, it's Jair Alexander's play to make. Paul Richardson runs a great route; it's a perfect throw. That doesn't excuse Kentrell Bryce with the bad playing, he loses track of both the ball and his man. And if he can just play one of them, he probably is in position to break it up. Now, it would have been a great play, but he was in position to make a great play, so make it. But what I keep going back to is, okay, the next possession, Green Bay does nothing. And then they get a stop. The defense gets a stop. Green Bay gets the ball back. They do nothing. Drops, penalties, missed throws, missed assignments. Green Bay's offense actually played pretty well In this game, when it wasn't shooting itself in the foot, Aaron Rodgers was getting the looks he wanted. He was getting open receivers. Randall Cobb with some key drops. The Lance Kendricks drop. Oh my goodness. Even worse on second watch. The Cobb fourth down drop even worse on second watch because these were momentum plays. Momentum plays late in the second half. Green Bay finally gets in the end zone and they give up the long pass to Vernon Davis. That's just a great concept. They have Devon House and Josh Jackson out there, they run a little pick play and get the wheel up the sideline. Mike McCarthy talked about alignment and understanding how to create space. It's like if you ever played basketball, one of the things you practice defensively is giving space to the screener. So if 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 you're going to get through a screen, you got to give that man space. If your man is coming to set a screen, you've got to get him give him space, your teammate space to get around. Devon House did not identify the pick. Josh Jackson didn't identify it. And by the time he does, it's too late. And then Clinton Dix, giving help down the sideline, somehow, for some reason, decides he's going to wait 15 yards to, to try and make an aggressive tackle. And that's a huge play. And instead of 21 10, it's now 28 10 at halftime. The Packers come out, they get the touchdown 28 17. And you think, okay, this is going great. Here were the Washington drives in the second half. Three plays, five yards. Four plays, 12 yards. And that includes the Clay Matthews hit. Green Bay got a punt on that, on that drive. Three plays, no yards. Three plays, four yards. Eight plays, 29 yards and a field goal. But that came off the Randall Cobb fumble, which was already in plus territory. They, they basically didn't have to give up any yards for the field goal there. Green Bay only managed seven points in that span where they're getting four, basically three and outs. And it's because they couldn't convert on third down. They had an opportunity in the red zone that, they, that turned into a punt. The offense didn't play well enough in this game and that's something that can be fixed. That's something that's going to get better. Green Bay has had these stretches where they've given up points, and part of the problem is the offense has not been able to match them. If It's not as big a deal if your defense is giving up points if you have Aaron Rodgers in run the table mode or Aaron Rodgers in 2014 or Aaron Rodgers in 2011 or when he's playing his best. Now, Mike Clay tweeted out this stat, and I thought it was really interesting. You say, okay, well, Aaron Rodgers not at his best. And he's not. He's clearly not 100%. But then look at the numbers. Aaron Rodgers threw three games, six touchdowns, no picks, 66% completion percentage, 7.2 yards per attempt. Last season, through three weeks, six touchdowns, three interceptions, 66% completion percentage, 7.2 yards per attempt. 2016, through week three, seven touchdowns, one interceptions, 59% completion percentage, 6.6 yards per attempt. Hmm. So the offense isn't quite hitting on all cylinders, and yet Rodgers is doing his part. Statistically speaking, it's just they haven't quite been able to get the plays that win them the game. In Minnesota, too many field goals instead of touchdowns. Against Washington, there's the drops, there's the holding calls, but the offense actually played pretty well. I, I mentioned in the recap, 100 yards on the ground and well over four yards a carry. Aaron Rodgers' statistics look, look pretty good. It could have been a much better day. Aaron Rodgers said that. We left a lot of plays out there. And the defense played extremely well most of the day. It's really just four or five big plays that they hit. Green Green Bay didn't hit them. They had the Allison play. Big play. Touchdown. They had the Kendricks play. Would have been an enormous play into Washington territory on third and 10. Easy in his hands catch. They don't make the play. Randall Cobb third down conversion, drop. Randall Cobb, fourth down conversion, drop. These are big plays and they couldn't make them. They need to make those plays against Chicago in the second half, they made them. Against Minnesota, they made a lot of them. It's interesting a lot of the issue a lot of the texts and messages I got, the early ones were mad. Mike McCarthy should be fired. This team is garbage. It's all Aaron Rodgers. What are we supposed to do? The officiating, Clay Matthews. And then there. I got a couple more messages, a couple more texts. Hello, Peter. What's happening? You know, I think they're going to be okay. It's early. This happens. Right now, that's where I am with this team. It's early. We don't know what to expect moving forward, but it's early. And they can play better. That was the thing. Coming out of, of week two, a game they should have won in regulation multiple times. They pretty much handled Minnesota for, for three quarters. And it could have been worse. It could have been more. They could have been up, you know, 30 to seven. Against Washington, they could have easily put 30 points on the board. Two plays here, two plays there. Same with the defense. If Kentrell Bryce gets in a position to make a play on that ball, maybe that first quarter goes a lot differently. I mean, Green Bay had a whole drive that was just pass interference penalties defensively. And and I would say at least two of them were good calls. The Jerry Alexander call, I understand why they made it, but there was a lot of acting, I will say. This is the kind of game you just say, look, Washington did everything right. We did nothing right. And so we lost on the road to a team that is probably pretty solid. In it in a conference right now where there aren't that many solid teams. We can play better and we have an opportunity to play better this week, so let's do that. And I turned out to be right when it came to Washington covering. I had I had that when I did the my bookie read last week. My picks didn't go great again, I'm really struggling with the picks so far. It's not pretty. If your picks are better than mine and they probably are, then why don't you put some money on them? Put your money where your picks are at mybookie.ag. This is not some shady website that's going to rip you off. When you win at mybookie.ag, you get paid and you get paid fast. They've been in business for years. They've got great online reviews and the mobile site is easy to use. I'd only recommend a service to my listeners that I believe in, which is why I'm telling you about my bookie. They have live in-game betting over-unders on fantasy points scored and the most rewarding player perks in the business. Now, mybookie.ag, just to just to show you how much they value good customer service and proof that a lot of people want to be involved with mybookie.ag, they're slammed with new betters to the point that they want to pay you to make your first deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time. Tonight, they'll give you an additional $25 in free play on any deposit over $100. Plus, they're going to match that deposit dollar for dollar when you use the promo code lockedon 25 So go to MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie. And don't forget to use the promo code lockedon 25 to get that extra $25 in free play. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Fresh and clean, so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. I wanna I want to bring up a question that was sent to me after the Clay Matthews hit. Hello, Peter. What's happening? And after watching Monday night and a a bunch of other ticky-tack roughing the passer penalties, I had this same thought.
1: Josh from St. Louis, I have a question, or maybe it's just an observation. Um, How many roughing the passer penalties are guys going to get before... Somebody around the league, not necessarily the Packers, does a Charles Martin and uh, makes the penalty and the fine worth it. Not to say that hurting somebody is worth it, but uh, gets the mentality that, well, if I'm going to get fined and I'm going to get hurt, I'm actually going to do that instead of
0: uh, these ticky-tack calls. Uh, I look forward to your response. Thank you. So here's the thing. Cam Newton, for example... He gets officiated differently than other quarterbacks. Teams will hit him and hit him and hit him, and there's rarely calls. The Broncos, a couple years ago, in opening night, I mean, they were like, we dare you to, to throw a penalty flag on us. And they hit him, and, it, and it, it genuinely seemed like they were trying to beat him down and and potentially to hurt him. And I just, at what point, these defensive players start saying, look, you've made it impossible for us to play. So screw your rules. Screw your 15-yard penalty. You can't give us a 20-yard penalty or a 25-yard penalty. So we're just going to crunch these guys. We're just going to start absolutely destroying these quarterbacks and say, okay, 15 yards. We'll take it. We'll take it. I mean, that's some old-school stuff. And, and and long time older Packer fans will remember a play where the, the Packers actually did that, where it's just like I'm just going to body slam the quarterback. This is this is going way back now. If you're going to get the penalty anyway, it has never and it has never seemed fair to me that uh, you know in the NFL you could take someone out of the game. So Dan, Danny Trevathan last year against Devontae Adams knocks Devontae Adams out of the game. It's 15 yards. And the NFL got in his pockets about it. But he got to stay in the game. And Devontae Adams didn't. And he could have missed the next week as well. Now, luckily, Adams was able to get back and get through concussion protocol and and be okay moving forward. But it's always been like, well, if you're not going to eject guys for this stuff, then it's worth the 15 yards. And especially if you're someone like Aaron Donald or Gerald McCoy last night, even he's not going to get fined for that hit. But... If you're these guys who are on big money deals, even someone like Clay Matthews who didn't get fined, what's to stop you from saying, I'll pay the fine, it's worth it, actually send a message to these quarterbacks? Because if, if you're going to do everything right and you're going to play patty cake with these quarterbacks, Clay Matthews did everything right on that hit and you're still going to get 15 yards, then hang the rules and hang the flag because whatever, you're going to call it anyway, so I'm going to destroy this dude. I mean that is that it, but with the NFL making it impossible to tackle a quarterback what other recourse does a defense have than to say well I'm just going to get my money's worth then because there are there are players in the league there are safeties and linebackers who do if you if you talk to them in all honesty they will say look I can't worry about it I'm just going to play and I'm going to hit these dudes the best I can I'm not trying to hurt anybody but I'm trying to hit you hard and they don't care about the rules and they don't care about the flags and they don't care about the fines. And there are some players who still play dangerously. And I wish they wouldn't, but they do. And so I'm telling you, this, is a, this should be a genuine concern for the league office. And I don't know where the NFLPA is. Where is the players union on this? I understand you want the quarterbacks protected, but you got to protect your defensive players. I mean, how incompetent do you have to be to not speak up on this stuff? Why, are, why don't you have a statement out every time one of these garbage hits gets called? Where are you, NFLPA? Where are you? I and Aaron Rodgers said, I, "You know, look, I don't want these calls. That Michael Kendrick's call, I don't want that call. I play football too. Clay Matthews called the league soft. That's what it is. It's soft. It's weak. It's lame. It really is. I mean, I got a text from a, from a Packer fan during the game that was like, the NFL better get its act together because I can watch other stuff. And it's true, they're actively hurting their product by making this part of the game. They have to get it fixed. Here's the problem. It took them however long, 10 plus years to try and fix the catch rule, and they still didn't fix it. So what evidence do we have that even a replay review is going to fix this? You know, college has targeting. They have replay for targeting. What are you going to have, replay for roughing the passer? When the NFL league office is calling Fox to tell them they made the right call on an obviously wrong call and we're going to trust the officials to make the right one? Give me a break. When you start hurting the integrity of your game and, and people don't trust you to officiate and, and adjudicate the rules of your own game properly, that is when you start losing fans. And I understand that that ratings are up, but it's early with these rules. And I really do believe, you know, the anthem protests, that has not that has not hurt ratings. It hasn't. And all of the off-the-field stuff, you know, there are plenty of people who are going to virtue signal about that stuff and say, oh, I stopped watching football because of XYZ. No, you didn't. And and if you did stop watching the league, you had already made that decision a long time ago, or you or you didn't really care that much in the first place. You sort of watched football out of convenience. No real fans, no one that listens to this podcast is going to just stop watching the league over, over a lot of this stuff. But if it becomes clear that the league is is unable to fairly adjudicate its own rules, it's going to be tough to watch. And it's going to be outrage every week. And the league might think that's good. It's not good. And, and what are defensive players supposed to do? And you could create this whole other incentive structure to do exactly the opposite of what the rule is intended to do. The league owners... The NFLPA, the league office, they need to get together and they need to fix this. They need to fix this. I mentioned Ben Fennel earlier. Uh, his film breakdowns really are, are invaluable to, to the casual fan and, and really even to me. I mean, I use them all the time in my evaluations, in my writing, on this podcast, because he's as good as it gets with that kind of stuff. And if, and if you can't read it because you're not a member What are you waiting for? I'm going to give you 40% off your first year subscription when you go to theathletic.com slash LockedOnPackers. And it's not just Ben that you can get there. The Athletic just announced a bunch of new hires on the NBA side. Frank Isola, Sam Amick, Zach Harper. They're broadening their NFL coverage, their NBA coverage. Their college coverage is already phenomenal. And you're going to get all of that national writing all with no pop-ups, no autoplay ads, no garbage, none of the nonsense that makes your mobile app take 45 minutes to load an article when you want to read it. This is no frills, no fuss, just the content that you want, the great sports content that you want. Go to the athletic.com/lockedonpackers to get 40% off that first year subscription.
1: Matt Williamson brings the scout's perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast
0: and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league.
1: Here, Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your
0: podcasts. Before we get out of here, I think it's worth mentioning that um, Eric Reid is still unsigned that Earl Thomas won the game for the Seahawks against the Cowboys with an interception and has been the best free safety in football to this point this season. And Green Bay doesn't have either of those players, and they could. We think, maybe. Seattle, Ian Rappaport reported, needs to be blown away with an offer while Green Bay can blow them away. Now, they would have to do some gymnastics with the cap. It's worth It's worth doing. He's that good. And on rewatch, the safeties were not as bad as I thought, or at least Clinton Dix wasn't, um, mostly because, you know, I thought they were both F players live and, you know, maybe they're more like C- minus players in the game. Kentrell Bryce missed the tackle on the Adrian Peterson long run he just was was a day late and a dollar short all game. I understand he had a great game against Chicago and he did. He had a really good game against Chicago. The last two games he's been brutal. And he needs to get better. Mike McCarthy reiterated his support for Kentrell and you know that's that's McCarthy's right. He has been right about some players in the past and sticking with them, he has not been right about all of them. He did say, look at the track record, which with Bryce is not really existent. So I don't know what track record we're supposed to look for. But Jermaine Whitehead was really solid against Washington, except for a, a critical missed tackle on third down scramble. I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was quite a Murphy's Law game for Green Bay, but it was almost a Murphy's Law game. Uh, they are much better than they than they showed against Washington, and they have the opportunity to show that this week. Unfortunately, Justin McRae dealing with a shoulder injury, Brian Bulaga dealing with a back injury, uh, Mohamed Wilkerson out for the season. Uh we we pretty much knew that Dean Lowry were gonna come in and, and he's an excellent run defender, so I don't think I don't think there's gonna be a huge fall off from that standpoint there. Green Bay came into Washington very healthy and and they come out much more banged up. So it could be the entire right side of the offensive line uh is backups against Buffalo, which is not ideal in a in a game where Jerry Hughes is coming off his best game, maybe as a pro. Ten pressures according to the Buffalo's internal numbers. <laughs> That's a lot. Uh, and and they had a Murphy's Law game for the Vikings. So the Packers need to be on their A game if they expect to win this week, a game they absolutely must have as they move forward, because that at Detroit game looks a little bit tougher than we thought it was or you know, maybe two days ago. Uh, This this game with Buffalo looks a little bit tougher than we thought it was two days ago. And maybe that 49ers game is a little easier now that Jimmy Garoppolo is not in the mix. Richard Sherman is hurt, and he may not play by then. But this is an important stretch for Green Bay, and, and they need to start it this week, get back on track with the win against Buffalo. If you want to call in to the Lockdown Packers fan hotline, drop me a message. Hello, Peter. What's happening? You can do that at 920 341 3775. You can follow me on Twitter at peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. We're going to have a multitude of Bills' voices on the show to talk about a very uncommon opponent for the Green Bay Packers. And I think you're going to like hearing from all of them and to get to know a lot more about just what the hell happened on Sunday and what to expect from this Buffalo team moving forward because Josh Allen did did some stuff. The defense played outstanding. We're going to talk about Tredavious White. My goodness. He looks really good. And, you know, if you're the Packers, you hope that someone like J.R. Alexander or Josh Jackson can have an, an impact on this defense the way that Tredavious White had on Buffalo's defense last year. So a lot to get to this week as Green Bay tries to get back on track trying to get to two one and one and catch the bears at the top of the nfc north division standings lot of football left it is not time to panic but green bay needs to win this week it's as simple as that so much more to get to this week which means you have to stay locked on packers